1: Story out last week, Madison Square Garden in New York City under all kinds of fire. Why? Because they're using facial recognition. Um, And it's also being reported that the CEO, James Dolan, is using it to target some of his enemies and get them kicked out of the world's most famous arena. And Radio City Music Hall, also owned by MSG. So this case getting a lot of attention, but MSG is certainly not alone when it comes to facial recognition, um, not even close. Um, and in addition to facial recognition, ChatGPT, you've probably heard about that. That's the uh, artificial intelligence software. Where you can say, hey, write me an essay on this, and it will. Um, that's raising some big questions, too, about the risk that this brings. But I mean, hey, AI is the future, and it just gets more and more pervasive, but... What does it say about our privacy? I mean, what are the risks? What are we doing to protect ourselves? Spoiler alert, not much. Let's find out. We're gonna chat now with Ritesh Kotek, who's a cybersecurity analyst based in Toronto. Uh, Ritesh, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Let's start with this facial recognition story. And I think the Madison Square Garden one is just a good jumping off point because it shows a lot of us that this facial recognition technology and its use, is far more common than we know, right? We may not even be aware of everywhere it's being used yeah, and it's kind of it's layered on top of existing systems. So you can think of
0: closed circuit television, uh, essentially uh, security cameras. Well, are they just recording movement, or are they layering um, AI on top of that to do facial recognition? And it's important to know that there's two elements of this. The first one is what we call a one-to-one facial recognition. Um, uh, facial recognition, and the second is a one to end So, what does that mean? A one-to-one is you have a picture. So you got a picture of Ritesh, and you're like if you find Ritesh at Madison Square Garden, do uh, alert, alert, alert. Do not let him in. Right. So that's, that's, that's the first way. The second one, which is actually a lot more scarier, and we saw this kind of with Clearview AI, uh, which was the talk of the town facial recognition software being used by law enforcement back in, um, I would say, a year, a year or two ago, and that was a one-to-N. In other words, here's the picture of somebody, go out and identify them based on the database that you have, and it seems like a lot of organizations are using one-to-one facial recognition technology Um, but how are they using it? What are their policies? How long are they storing it for? And what happens when they get it wrong? Because AI does get these things wrong. And what protection mechanisms are there for society? And right now, it's the Wild West.
1: It is. It really is. And I'm wondering, you know, because we saw some announcements recently, Microsoft, Amazon, a lot of the really, really big companies have decided... Some of them are going to abandon facial recognition technology altogether. Others are going to scale back their use of it. Why is that happening? I mean, are we seeing more and more lawsuits? I mean, I, I have a hard time believing tech giants are having a, a come to Jesus moment, and realizing it may be a bad thing to do. That doesn't seem to happen very often. So is there some sort of risk that they're facing? Why are they sort of changing their position a bit?
0: Yeah, so I don't know if it's if it's so much around we're scrapping it, or it, I think it's more around we're going to hit pause yeah. um, because a lot of money has been has been invested already into it, and there are some benefits, uh, especially when we get into identity and and uh, the future of, of verification. But when it gets weaponized against populations, that's when it becomes an issue and i think it has become an issue cuz just as we talked about it's the wild west and when you start getting false readings and there's been a lot of talk around bias around these algorithms as as well especially with facial recognition so if the test data that trains the ai is is a homogenous group of individuals then we've seen the accuracy levels especially amongst marginalized communities and racialized communities be extremely inaccurate, and that becomes problematic when you're using it to identify potential um, uh, potential individuals that have been involved in, let's say, criminal activity, so by the, the use by the state. So because of all these questions, lack of regulation, and these huge question mark around is bias actually baked into these algorithms, into facial recognition, a lot of companies just hit pause and said, okay, let's get this right, and then we'll move forward. I don't think
1: it's the end of it. Well, it's good to hear at least they're having those kind of conversations. What about um, our rights as people? I mean, like if, I, if you went to a basketball game at Madison Square Garden, I'm sure thousands of people have walked in there without even knowing that facial recognition is being used and they're submitting themselves to it. I mean, in lots of these things, we at least have some kind of terms of service. We at least know that this is happening. Are we entitled to know that this kind of technology is being deployed against us? I personally think so. Um, that's that's my take on it. I think
0: be open and transparent with individuals on on what exactly you're collecting and what you're what you're doing. Don't put in legalese and fine print on the back of the ticket. Um, as people are entering, uh, and we see this right, we we see an element of this. You'll walk into you'll walk into a shopping mall or a store or into an arena, and it says uh, you know security cameras in use or mild. You may be recorded. Well, I think we need to go further. If you are recording that's one element. But if you're recording and doing analysis and you have different layers of AI on it, then you should be you should be disclosing that type of that type of information. Now when it comes to your privacy, um, again it, it breaks down into privacy in public places, privacy in private places it, it it becomes extremely complex and, and in some cases even convoluted. But I always say, default to openness.
1: Be transparent. Tell people when yeah. you're using certain type of technology and let people choose. Yeah, exactly. I mean th- that that would be wonderful. The other one I wanted to ask you about this Chat GPT. Hearing lots about it, I have I haven't used it. I've seen some you know some of the product that it's put out. I guess if that's what we're calling it. But just explain what that is. It's an AI platform, but is is it just a writing? platform i mean what how does it be how is it used okay so the
0: best way to think about this is you go on you go on to a popular search engine google bing whatever and you search um you know uh, tell me the number one radio show in uh in alberta and it will it will give you your radio show but what if you said write uh, and you typed into that search engine write me a poem about the number one radio show in alberta and it actually writes you a poem or write me a story or tell me the top 10 cybersecurity and privacy tips related to chat and it will write it for you so what this falls under is generative ai it generates stuff for you and we're not just seeing this with text yes chat is with text we're also seeing this now with videos with images um so it's kind of Somebody there. Uh, you give it a command, and it does it for you. To the point where it even starts generating code. And I've tested it out myself. And I said, "Write me HTML code for a website that sells consulting services." And it went through and wrote me that code. It wasn't the best code, mm-hmm. but it's only going to get it's only going to get better. And there is a lot of positives to it. But again, with any type of emerging technology, it's really important we get it right, we get past the cool factor, the wow factor and say okay what are the challenges and clearly this technology is going to be something that's going to be used, but what are those challenges and what do we need to do today to mitigate against those risks of tomorrow?
1: What are the risks? When we're talking about this chat GPT I've heard lots of I know schools have said hey listen you can't use it we don't want your term paper being written by this software <laughs> platform I get that but uh, there's other risks I've heard about in terms of misinformation hate speech these kinds of things creeping in so what are the risks around this chat gpt
0: well i think you you mentioned some of the big the the big the big risks of right off the bat and it's who is actually tra- uh, training training the ai are the are these elements actually accurate and, and like to me a big risk would be you can also ask it to write a legal document, for example, or here are my symptoms and what is, uh, um, you know, diagnose me. So, the t- because it has the world's information, it could say, you probably have this, or here's a sample contract or a sample non disclosure agreement. Well, these are regulated industries. There's a reason why we have yeah. doctors, and why we have doctors, and uh, why we have lawyers. Um, if something goes, if something goes wrong, they're they're insured. Um, you can call them. There's processes in place. But when you start getting this type of technology, uh, that is extremely, um, in some cases, you know, I even found some of the stuff to be uh, better, um, especially uh, some of the documents that I was writing than what I could p- personally do. That is when it becomes, becomes scary when people start taking it as gospel without challenging it. And I think that is the biggest societal risk is are we actually going to, how are we going to validate the accuracy of the information that it, that it spits out? And what are, what are we going to do to fix that problem? That to me is the biggest, single biggest risk. There's other risks, privacy risks as well. It collects all the data on you. Um, All these searches are recorded. Why? Because they want to make themselves, uh, like the AI, better. um, And it learns. That's why they ask you to rate the results with a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Um, They look at what follow-up questions you may ask. So yes, that information is logged. but to me, the biggest risk is the verification of that data.
1: So, you know, Ritesh, every time we talk, and you know, we're talking about two things here where we're playing catch-up, right, and pushing pause to reassess. Like, we never, we're never, we never out in front of actually anticipating the risks and the concerns and making sure those are dealt with. So is there a way? I mean, I mean this is just the way that it goes with chat GPT, with facial recognition. Now we're playing catch-up. Is there a way that it's ever going to be completely safe? So we don't always have to play catch-up if we have a framework. And I think that... Um, Clearly, the technology is
0: going to outpace outpace the law. It's going to outpace a lot of our our processes. I, I get that. I'm not naive to that. Um, and neither, I think, are, are individuals. Um, we I'll be probably on the show in the next few weeks, and we're going to be talking about the latest and greatest in tech that we would have never predicted today. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have a framework of technology and how we as society embrace technology. My thing, whenever I talk to individuals, clients, governments, whomever, is I always tell them, I say, have a framework that when you're before you deploy new technology, this is what you think about. Yeah. What are the ethical implications? What are the legal implications? And What are the privacy implications and anytime you build out technology you need to think about these things right from the onset they cannot be an afterthought they need to be baked in at the design the security the privacy the ethics the legality um you shouldn't do it just because you can do it and i think if we use that framework and and add a hint of common sense to it Um, we will be okay on the way we develop, implement, and leverage emerging technology. But if we don't do that or have those conversations and we think about these things, uh, oh, here's a great piece of tech, now let's have
1: the ethical conversations or the privacy conversations, uh, we're always going to play catch-up. It's too late. Exactly. Yeah. Ritesh, great conversation as always. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. That's Ritesh Kotek, a cybersecurity analyst who is based in Toronto. And I think that's the problem, but I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you can possibly get in front of this tech, right? I mean, it hasn't happened. Uh, you can't anticipate everything that may eventually become something that you should have dealt with beforehand because you didn't even know about it beforehand. So it's tough. It's tough, and it it moves so quickly. It adapts so fast. Uh, it, it's just like you know, the ground shifts under your feet, and who knows where you are. So I don't know how you be proactive.